Hi, and welcome to the Bookish Besties podcast. We're excited you're here with us to talk all things books and reading. We are two friends brought together by our love of reading. I'm Diane and adore my beach life in Charleston, South Carolina with my family and dogs. Reading has been a pleasure my whole life. I read to travel when I cannot leave home, to escape when life gets to be too much, to learn even when I'm not in school anymore, and to make new friends on the pages of stories and by talking to those who share my passion. And I'm Mary, a northerner living in the frozen tundra of Madison, Wisconsin. I've been an avid reader for as long as I can remember and make a point to read every day while still balancing the challenges of work and life. My ideal is to be curled up by the fire with the dog on my lap, a glass of wine on the end table, and a good book in my hands. We would be most grateful if you would rate and review our podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thank you so much, and happy reading. Hi, Diane. Hey, Mary. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. Good, good. Hanging in there? I am. You know, this is the end of week one of Mm -hmm. our COVID-19 quarantine, self-quarantine. Like, nobody in my house is testing positive. We haven't tested or we're asymptomatic. But, um, yes, March 22nd, 2020. I never thought we'd be in this place, right? How are you guys up in the northern tundra? (laughs) <laughs> uh, Wisconsin is good. Um, it's the, the thing that's kind of been challenging has been the weather right now. Um, it's been a little bit rainy, a little bit cold. We're going to get a little bit of snow a today, but not a lot. Um, but I don't think that's the case where you're at. No, you know, it did drop a little bit today, but we have been, um, I, we, it was 84 yesterday. I hate to tell you that. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice. We can still take walks and go outside and read yeah. by the pool, you know, and we live by the beach. So um, they are now um, closing some of the beach places, disbanding groups. Um, because what happened was, you know, two people would go for a walk, but then they would talk to three people here and five people there. And then you have a group of more than 10. And, and, yeah. um, so, yeah, I think we're we're going to – our orders are going to change so that we have to stay in the house or on our property. Mm-hmm. But it's still nice that it's sunny and we can go stay on our property outside and get some fresh air. Right. So are you – now, Are is South Carolina in a shelter in place right now or I, are they – We think that that's tonight. Limited? Yeah, I think oh, that, okay. that that will happen tonight. So Sunday night or Monday um, – it really does kind of seem to me like either like let's just all do it like you know right I, I think that that the different rules for different places is confusing to people and uh, you know my littlest one's like you know mom all these people who are still out and about it's kind of selfish now she and I are immunocompromised so our our, our lens th- through which we look at this is very different than a lot of people um I don't think anybody right. thinks they're being selfish but I understand her perspective you know she sees classmates posting that you know there's 10 kids together at the beach she's like wait a minute <laughs> because yeah. my people like it's a big deal when she goes to the front yard to get the mail and comes back in I'm like wash your hands gargle <laughs> Yes, I you know, and and here we're not in a shelter in place, but there's a limit to um, gatherings of no more than ten. 
restaurants and bars are closed, but a lot of places are doing curbside pickup, even a lot of breweries. Uh, I think even a couple bars are doing it. Oh, wow. Um, so people are getting very creative of, you know, like trying to keep the local economy going too. Sure, which is super um, important. Yeah. I mean, we ordered – like I've been cooking all week. Um, and I don't mind cooking. I like it. But, you know, every now and then I want to break. And uh, we ordered out on Friday and, you know, talking to the woman, you know, for the few few minutes that I talked to her, she's like, we are slammed right now. That's so good. that's a good thing. Yeah. I think everybody on Friday wanted to get uh, fish fry. But it was, it, it, you know, it's it's an interesting time. It's going to be very interesting in like a couple of weeks, you know, how people are doing. Yes. People just hang in there. And, you know, I know a lot of the indie bookstores were doing curbside pickup. Like, you know, everybody's thinking mm-hmm. on their feet constantly, right? And and kind of trying right. to go with the flow. But now the shelter in place, um, driving to your indie bookstore or your local pub is is not um, right necessity. <laughs> so they're having to cancel all of that. And it's going to even further impact the local economy, you know, mm-hmm. and... And it's a yeah. balance. I'm glad I'm not the one having to make those choices because I do not want to decide. Like, I don't want the corona to spread, but right. I also don't want everyone to go out of business. Right. Um, so there is one indie bookstore here in Madison that is, it's called a, a Room of One's Own. And they're actually doing free delivery to homes. You can purchase your book online and oh. then they'll come to your house and they'll just drop it off on your porch. Um, so that's, you know, they're getting creative. Um, so there's lots of things that, I mean, not everybody has a local indie bookstore that they can easily, um, order from, but if there is one, um, you know, there, there, I have been seeing a lot that have been, um, doing unique ways to keep their businesses going and to keep people informed, you know, even if it's just buying a gift card, you know, just that's one way that you can support, Right. And that's a good idea. And those most places can even send you electronically, you know, so um, Mm -hmm. nobody has to leave. I was worried about um, you and I are in a little group of friends who were Mm -hmm. supposed to meet like we talked about last week. We were supposed to meet together in Asheville and we didn't get to meet. So we were all going to bring each other a book. Which didn't happen. Yeah. But so we decided to mail them to each other to send, you know, kind of do a random drawing. But I was worried about like buying from an indie bookstore and then that poor person having to go to the post office. And I know some of them have postal pickups, but um, I think that's been limited too. I saw a a bookseller with her car full because she was going to the post office. And I'm like, yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, I think I saw that on the bookshelf bill. Uh, is it is it the bookshelf? Is, I, I always say this name wrong. It's the bookshelf. Yes. in Thomasville, Georgia. Right. Yeah, I right. saw that. Annie Jones was loading up her car <laughs> and mm-hmm. taking them. I, I always, <laughs> I always say their Instagram handle instead of the actual name of the business. So I'm sorry, Annie, if you're listening. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And and I know she's in. You know, and she's been really clear to say we are in a small rural mm-hmm. town. Like you know, Thomasville, Georgia is not very large. Nor is you know my little neck of the low country woods here. But um, but it's still scary. You do want to support those people and finding inventive ways to do that. You know, I, I think the reality of it is they won't all survive. 
They won't. Um, and I was just reading that Powell's books in Portland closed completely. Yeah. Um, so they're not doing any, um, to the best of my knowledge, they're not doing anything. And um, they have they, they have five bookstores in, in the Portland oh, area. So that's, that's a huge impact. That's significant. Yeah, that's a big impact. So yeah, um, I read this morning, The Strand in New York City um, just did a massive layoff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and those so and those aren't even I mean I know they are the Strand and Pauls are they are indie bookstores but they're a different breed too they're well funded you know I worry about the the one storefront mom and pop right. shop you know that are living so close right. to the margins Mhm Well they're also you know they're they're um for bookish people like you and I they're they're tourist attractions you know these are places on our bucket list to go to oh for like sure Parnassus in, in Tennessee and Malaprops um these are these are places that we want you know on our little bookish trip bucket list yep. um that you know these are these are places that we want to visit and see and it it's really hard to hear you know about these great bookstores that we we know and love um you know, close. And, you know, it's a very hard decision for these business owners to make. Um, and they're probably doing the best that they can uh, with trying to move to um, to survive this. So I, I really, it, it sucks for everyone. It does. Uh, the employees, the owners, the readers. Um, so, but, um, but there are a lot of bookstores, like, like we said, that are really um, making the most and doing the best that they can right now and I think that's I think that's great and I think we just have to continue to support them yes I agree even the big mighty giant Amazon has changes afoot mm-hmm. right like things are happening there yeah right so um Amazon is deprioritizing book sales and shipments. So basically what that means is they are going to put the focus on the necessities and the essentials that people need during this time. So like toilet paper, cleaning supplies, um, you know, things that people would need during a crisis. That Those are going to be like kind of the first items that are shipped. Those are going to be the first items that they order from their suppliers um those are going to get the priority right and they I have, have notified- here on their this is from what article am i looking at the new york times it, they listed baby products health and household products beauty and personal care products groceries industrial and scientific products and pet supplies that's their <laughs> that's what's still getting shipped right um well and they're still going to sell books it's right. just you, you're not going to get them as quickly as maybe you used to get them. So if you have a Kindle or if you um, have Audible, if you have Libro FM, that might be the way to start reading for a while. Or you can finally, you know, hit that unread shelf, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and start from there. Those right. ones you've been meaning to read because mine's huge. Shop right at your own house. <laughs> Yeah. Browse yeah. your own bookcases. We mm-hmm. all probably mm-hmm. have books that are sitting at our homes that we have not yet read. This is your time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I I mean, I have a lot of books. I have a lot of books on, on Kindle. I have a lot of books that are just sitting around that I have to read. And I, you know, it, this is the time to do it. But you know what? If you don't have time to read, 
even even right now, if you want to spend time with your family, if you want to just chill out on Netflix, that's great. You know, do you do you do exactly. do the best you can during this time. So, um, and you know, one interesting then, thing, our friend, um, yeah, Rachel, who is on Instagram mm-hmm. as Reading Brings Joy. She was saying she's totally a mood reader, which I get that. I think a lot of people right. are mood readers. And her her kind of comment was the other night, I don't know what mood I'm in. So I don't know how I can pick a book. And and I think a lot of people yeah. are there. One minute we're scared. One minute we're just worried. One minute we're frustrated with all the people in our homes that we love on a good day, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but are getting a little tight with, uh, you know, as the days tick on. So I think it's okay. It's okay to not know what to read. It's okay, it's totally okay. to Netflix and chill. <laughs> yep. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> we are we are still a, a, a family-oriented podcast. <laughs> they did say that December of 2020, there might be a lot of new children. I don't, think, I don't think you meant to say that. <laughs> There'll be a little baby boom. Yeah. at the end of this yeah. anyway but you know Rachel also told us about audible kids yes so if you have children and I hope you're still listening after that last part <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now they are giving allowing like free books free children's books um, that you can listen to yeah and I know a lot of kids are missing story time with their teachers or story time at the library you know, so having having Audible that you can um, download into their little their little mm-hmm. headsets or you know on your iPad is is a great opportunity. Right, right. I I think it's um, I think it's good. So that just started yesterday, um, and it's it's not just for. I mean. I mean, there's literary classics that we love, so you can always go and revisit them. I mean, one of my favorite books is from the Mixed Up Files and Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. Love that um, book. I loved that book. I still will. I, it's on my bookshelf. I, you know, I might just pull it out. Um, is that one of them that but, on you Audible know, Kids for free? I might have to download it. Yeah. Yeah. And Jane Eyre is on Audible oh, Kids one. for free. Heidi um, Roots is on there. Oh, wow. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's actually some, you know, if, if I know a couple of people who haven't read Jane Eyre and they want to, I mean, this might be a good opportunity to to do it for for free. And the if, bonus, you, if you're into audiobooks. Exactly. And the bonus is you get to put on headphones and block out the house noise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when doing chores, when you're disinfecting everything, you can exactly. listen to Jane Eyre. Perfect. perfect and Sinjin. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah, which reads a St. John and I was like floored when I found out like how you actually pronounce that name. <laughs> it was so weird to me. So anyway. Um so Diane, let, let's talk a little bit about our reading life and our reading past. Um do you always recall being a reader? Yes, for sure. I mm-hmm. um Like my earliest memories were probably elementary school. I don't remember a lot before that, but I know that I always was blessed to live in a house full of books, you know, and um, there were always books present, but kind of owning it myself. um, I remember we lived in a small town in northern Indiana is where I grew up, Elkhart, and um, the library was walking distance from my grandparents' house and my youngest 
aunt, my mom's youngest sister, um, it was kind of her thing that she took the her nieces and nephews to the library to get our library card. And you had to be able to write your name. Like that was when you could get a library card. Um, and it wasn't even cursive. I remember it was printed. Like I didn't have to sign, you know, it was printing. But she took me to the library to get my first library card. And it was the old cardboard card with a piece of metal in it, you know, and they, they literally like mm-hmm. ran it through. And then I just thought, I remember thinking, I can get any book in this whole building. And it was so mm-hmm. exciting, you know. Um, we lived on, we had some land at our house. We had a, you know, a lot of property and I would just take my books and go sit outside under a tree or go, you know, I always did love, even then love reading outside more than inside. But, um, yeah, we had a little local, another, like it was probably two blocks from the library, city news books. And, um, my parents, when we were younger said no about purchasing a lot of things, but never said no about books. And I'm sure that wasn't always easy. Like there, you know, there were times when it was probably a stretch, but we could always, my brother and I both, we could always buy books and and we always did. Mm -hmm. And he's still a reader too. He's, he's a reader now even. How about you? Did you, do you remember like the first book that made you fall in love with reading or? Um, so I, I don't know if it was necessarily a book, like a specific book, but, um, you know, my, when my sister and I, we were young, you know, maybe, you know, elementary school, my dad and my mom, they both would do it. But I remember my dad very vividly reading to us and it was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl. And, you know, it had the illustrations and, um, I think that's kind of like where the reading started with me. And he, he also read to us a book called Hunter and it was it was about a man named J.A. Hunter, who was a, he lived in Kenya during the colonial times, like colonial Kenya. And he was actually, um, he was, he was actually a hunter, like he hunted big game. Um, he was called, they called them white hunters. Uh, it's not very politically correct right now. Um, so we got to read his stories um, about like how they would help villages if there was like a rogue elephant or something like that this this book is very rare I mean I have a copy but I can't even find it on Amazon if I wanted to but I just have very vivid images of that so I think that might have been one uh one way that I started to really enjoy books the other way is the book it program from Pizza Hut oh yes oh yes (laughs) I I swear that I probably read, I think, I remember in one month I read 20 books because I wanted that pizza. Because <laughs> I loved pizza. And, you know, it would be Judy Bloom or Beverly Cleary. And, um, yeah, so I think that's <laughs> that's probably where I got a lot of the... Oh. Um, and, and scholastic book fairs. Oh, I remember bringing oh home the, that newspaper print and, you know, getting to pick. Mm-hmm. Now, I must say, I just said that my parents never said no about books. That maybe is not true as I'm thinking it through because I would go with my pencil <laughs> while I was still at school and check, like, I circle all the books that I wanted to. And then I would bring it home and my mom would be like, um, you're not getting 30. <laughs> so yeah. I could get some. So she said she, she said yes in part. 
But she did have to um, pull me back a little bit because every month I'm like, I want them all. <laughs> yeah, no, I that, that was like the best. And I think they still do scholastic book fairs. They um, did at my kids' elementary school a few years ago. They were still doing them. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, those were those were the best. I wish life would be just like a book fair. I mean, I guess there's book sales now. Like, um, so in from where I'm from, I, I'm from a, a small town called Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, and every year the local AAUW group, it's uh-huh. a ladies group, um, and of I, I don't remember the exact term. I know the last part is University Women, but it's yeah, National, American Association it's of group. University Women. Thank you. You're thank welcome. you. I totally blanked on that. Um, they do a yearly book sale. And on Thursday nights, you have to pay $5 to get in because that's when all the good stuff is. Right. On Fridays, you just pay full price. And on Saturdays, you pay half price. And then on Sundays, you buy a box for 5 bucks and you fill it up. That's oh what it is. Oh, my gosh. I'm flying to Fond du Lac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, it was actually supposed to be this weekend oh, for that. Oh, another and thing I know. I know. And, you know, the thing, I, I went to it every year and I'd see all my old teachers. You know, it was right. great. I had oh, such a, a great time Oh, what a good way to stock your classroom mm-hmm. libraries, too, for teachers. That's oh, perfect. absolutely. Yeah, it was, it's, it's a great, it's a great little sale. Um, I looked forward to it every year, and unfortunately, you know, this year, for good reason, it's not. But they'll be back. I'm sure it will be back. They'll be back. They'll be back. Yeah. You know, Um, it's fun looking. What was the first adult book that you ever read? Like, you know, when you made that transition from, like, kids' books to adult books. Yeah, so probably way too early. Um, And my girls know this story. I had um, specifically remember, and I checked it out at the city library, not my school library, because my school library, I went to parochial school, private school, and they were very strict about some of the the books that they stocked. But I Mm -hmm. went to the public library and got Gone with the Wind in eighth grade. So I was, what, 13? Um, Not really a book for a 13-year-old. And it's a tome. It's really big. But I read all night. And my mom was always the one who came to wake us up and get us ready for school. She made us breakfast every morning, packed our lunches, like super great mom. But my dad sweeps in and I say, I just can't go to school. Like I have six chapters left. I read until 3 a.m. or whatever time. And I just can't go to school. Can I stay home and finish the book? Now, normally the answer would always be, um, no, get your butt to school. <laughs> but he said, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? He's like, yes. So the first grown-up book I remember reading is so tied to um, my dad fostering my love of reading. And my mom did, uh, like, every day. You know, the dads sweep in and yeah. kind of get the glory. My, mo- my mom fostered my love of reading always. But, um, and so I finished it. I read Gone with the Wind in, like, 29 hours. And I devoured it. Wow. Yeah. I don't know that I would let my, my I'm, I don't have any kids that are still eighth grade, but I don't think I would have let mine read that in eighth grade. <laughs> what about you? Um, Do you remember your segue from, you know, yeah, Beverly Cleary yeah. to? Uh, so again, you know, my dad, and I can't, I, I'm pretty sure, sh- the one that's most vivid to me, and I, I was 13 as well, but the one that was most vivid for me 
that he put into my not as not as adult as Gone with the Wind, but he put into my hands the book Jurassic Park. Mm, yeah. By yeah, by Michael Crichton. And I devoured that book. I thought it was fascinating. Even even all those big words. I think I was actually younger because it was like a year before the movie was supposed to come out. And like those big words, like just in my mind, I gave it nicknames. And I just got through the entire book and I loved it. That eventually I read it so much that the book fell apart on me. Yeah. I have I have a replacement. The exact same like cover replica that I purchased as an adult because, you know, <laughs> I haven't read it yet since, you know, that then, but there's so much oh, nostal- so nostalgia attached to reading, right? Mm-hmm. We have both mm-hmm. we have both lost our fathers now. Um as adult yeah. women, and I still, um, yeah, my grandfather worked on the railroad for uh, for years and years and years, and I remember him, he would pack his little grip, his little duffel bag, and have always had a book, a paperback, you know, like a grocery store paperback. Um, yeah. Always reading, and um, and those memories are so sweet, and, and I just yeah. treasure them. Yeah, me too. My, um, you know, I was talking about the book sale. You know, my dad would always come back with a big box of books. And he would just throw them on his bookshelf. He'd read one. You know, he's watching a game or something. And then he, when he's done, he'd throw it back in the box. And then he'd donate them back to the, oh, that's great. To the ladies. <laughs> and I, you know, books that I purchased and, and gave loan to him would sometimes end up in that box. And I'd never see them again. So... I remember one time having a very stern conversation with my dad saying, <laughs> not throw my books away. Do not do that. But it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because um, today is actually my dad's birthday. So uh, he he passed last year. And um, yeah, I have a, a couple of books that – and we'll get into that in just a minute. But I'm going to talk a little bit about some of his favorite books that he liked and I'm going to share with our readers and listeners today. Yeah. But what are you reading right now? So I have, um, we have a lot of exciting author interviews coming up. And a lot mm-hmm. of my week has been spent um, reading their advanced copies. Most of them, the books have not been published yet. Um, they're coming very soon. So I spent a yeah. lot of my week reading those. But I did want to share with you one, um, a couple new books that I've loved that are out so Lily King is an author that I liked. She has written um, Before Euphoria and probably other things, but she has a new book out called Writers and Lovers. And the cover is beautiful. The book is really good. It's about a young woman who is trying to write and, you know, life keeps getting in the way as life often does, right? <laughs> and uh, she mm-hmm. is in writers groups and she meets people and you just kind of follow her journey. I like a coming of age story a little bit. And my little one, I love cooking too. Our problem right now is getting ingredients. Like we are not even going to the market. Kiki and I are trapped at the house. So um, there's a book out called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. And it's really a cookbook. It's sure. by oh, Samin Nasrat, N-O-S-R-A-T. I'm sorry if I mispronounced her name. But it's a beautiful, there's stories within the cookbook Um and she's just a really dynamic chef. So we have been looking through planning what we're going to cook when we can go again to the market, mm-hmm. which will happen sometime, right? <laughs> and right. then soon. 
the, the third one that I have not yet finished, and I'm taking it slowly on purpose, but it's called Real Life by Brandon Taylor. Okay. It's, it is, um, it's not as hard as um, A Little Life. It's, it's um, a look at a young man who um, goes away to a Midwestern college and um, feels very different than and uh, trying to kind of find his place in things. It's uh, beautiful, beautifully written, but not easy. Your, your heart feels for him. Mm. How about you? What are you mm. reading, Mary? Uh, so I am reading two books right now. Uh, the first one is The Secrets We Kept by Lara Prescott. I might have mentioned that I was reading this last week. Um, I am still reading it. Uh, just here and there. Uh, it, uh, weirdly, I am I'm having a little bit of trouble finding reading time. Not so much that, you know, you'd think that I'd have all this time in the world, but, you know, just between the cleaning and the cooking and um, it, there's been a lot of change in the house, you know, that was planning to happen outside of, of this. We're, we're doing some, some little projects. Um, so, yeah, it's been a little bit harder to find time to read. Uh, but uh, that's one that I'm reading. And then the other book that I'm reading is called On Ocean Boulevard by Mary Alice Monroe. And why and are you reading that one? Because <laughs> she is going to be one of our guests on the podcast yes. in a few weeks. We are so excited to have Mary Alice Monroe. She is a mm -hmm. um, Charleston low country writer, and she is... Um, New York Times bestselling author who just writes lovely, lovely beach read stories. And um, that's mm -hmm. the one that Mary mentioned is her latest, not yet released, but it will be soon. Yes. So we're very excited to to have her join us. For sure. So, uh, so as I mentioned, um, I did want to just give a couple recommendations um, because it is my dad's birthday, my dad, William, um, give a couple of recommendations of books that he loved um and that he shared with myself and then my sister teddy uh just we had some some books that we've connected with our dad on so the first one is a gentleman in moscow by amor tolls beautiful um, it's a beautiful it's so it's so well written it's a slow burn um it, it just it really i i saw amor tolls in Milwaukee uh, a couple years, about a year ago, actually. And he was talking about how he, he, his method of writing his books and what he wanted to accomplish. And one of the things that he mentioned was he wanted his books to be like a symphony. And when you get to the end, you just think, well done, sir. And that's how this book is. Oh, how beautiful. It is. That's a perfect yeah. explanation. It really is. And it's it's so it's so good. My dad read it and he fell in love with this book. Then he read uh, Amor Toll's other book, The Rules of Civility, and fell in love with that book that he even brought it to me one day and said, here, Mary, you have to read this book. And it's like, oh, dad, I already have, <laughs> which was really which was really funny. But yeah, we, we really uh, connected over that book. Um, so the other book that I wanted to recommend that my dad loved uh my my dad and my sister, they really bonded over horror. 
specifically Stephen King. They loved Stephen King. And I think, you know, I was talking about the first book that I read uh, that was the Rite of Passage. I think for my sister, it would have been a Stephen King novel. It's like the Rite of Passage for every 80s, 90s kid to right. <laughs> transition from Beverly Cleary to adult. <laughs> so the book. That's is, quite a jump. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, a lot of kids uh, in, in junior high read Stephen King. Uh, so the book that I'm recommending that they they really enjoyed uh, it's by Stephen King. It's 112263. It's a very popular book. A lot of people know about it. Um, it's not as scary as his other books. Uh, right. It's Stephen it's King light. A, yeah. Right. Right. It's not the traditional horror. It is a very, I mean, it's a big book. Don't get me wrong. It's like, I don't know, 800, 1,000 pages. But it's about uh, time travel and going back to try and prevent the assassination of JFK. And there was a miniseries out a few years ago uh, uh, that was that happened with this. Uh, so if you're if you're looking for a a book uh, that you know if you're if you're looking for something interesting, this is a good Stephen King novel. And you know, say what you want about his subject matter, he is a very good writer. Maybe he gets a little bit too detailed, but I, I th- he is. Um, yeah, he can tell a story. Very, very strong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can talk. We can have a whole segment of our podcast talking about authors that could use a really good editor. Yeah. But <laughs> do you know? Here's a confession. I yeah. have never read anything by Stephen King. Really? Yeah. I know. Like it's a huge hole, but I I don't watch rated R movies. Like I I and it's I just don't like to be scared. <laughs> Well, did you ever see the Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, true. Yes. I have seen Shawshank Redemption. I forgot. Yep. That was a short story that Stephen King wrote. So I didn't read the book, but I have. And I did love. And I loved The Green Mile. Isn't that Stephen King as well? The Green Mile is him okay. too. Mm-hmm. So I've seen those two. Stand By Me is him as well. I think I saw that movie like when I was a kid. You know, like when I was much younger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like an 80s movie. Um He's done. I mean, he has a lot of horror, but he has a lot of yes. non-horror. No, that's stuff true. I have too. seen all three of those movies, and probably at least two of them were rated R, and they were beautifully well done. Right, beautiful, all three. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to think of some other. Uh, well, I have. Movies I that, have eleven twenty-two sixty-three on a shelf somewhere. Um, uh huh. And honestly, I think if it were 200 pages shorter, like it's, it's huge. And I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I have that much um, brain width right now. Like I'm kind of yeah getting me through this part. I am um, reading lighter books, but I also love to get immersed in a story that isn't going to end in five minutes. So I do love big books. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll find a time. I'll find a time. 11, 22, 63 might be the one I will. I will read it in in honor and memory of your papa. <laughs> oh, thanks. No, nobody has to do that. Yeah. That's not you know. I just wanted to share. Of course. Uh, I, I, and and I I haven't read 11-22-63 either. To be honest, I just have the book because my dad gave it to me one time to uh, to read, and uh, he got it from my sister because she gave it to him. So this is going to go back to her when this is I'm, I, when I finally do read it. There you go. But anyway, yeah. 
Well, I think that I have one recommendation for this week that is um, much lighter. It's called The Jet Setters. I just started it. Oh, sure. Before our podcast. It's by Amanda Ward. Amanda Air Ward, actually. Hmm. E-Y-R-E. I wonder if she's related to anyone famous and wonderful. But it is... um, I'm just at the part there. Uh, mom, who's she's now 71, is looking back. She had three children, raised them by herself, and she's entering a contest to take this fabulous vacation. And she's her idea is to bring her three adult children with her and kind of mend some relationships. And um, I'm only on page 19, but it's really good, and I think it will be a fast kind of immersive read. So I'm looking forward to that. The Jet Setters by Amanda Ward. Great. So I think that's it. I think that's all we've got for today. We look forward to sharing a lot of author interviews coming up in the next few weeks. So watch for those. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get um, notifications when our new episodes drop. We're trying to do Tuesdays as our new episode drop day. Mm -hmm. Everyone stay safe, stay well, stay home. That's my advice. (laughs) (laughs) This has been another episode of the Bookish Besties podcast. Bookish Besties is a production of Tidal Wave Books, LLC, and is hosted by Diane Barnett and Mary Meist. Produced by Lily Barnett. Find us on Instagram at Bookish Besties podcast. Thank you for joining us in talking about all things bookish. We will see you next time.